picking uh, number three, you know. They should be able to get possibly, you know, if they could get Nick Bosa or even uh, Josh Allen, that would be a good start. Yeah. But like I said, let's go, before we get to the draft, let's look at, into the offseason. Obviously, we've had, you know, it's a typical offseason, people making their moves. Obviously, the Eagles fit a lot of needs. They they signed Malik Jackson. They brought back Deshaun Jackson in a trade with Tampa Bay. And then later on, they traded with the Bears to get Jordan Howard. So what do you think of those three, at least those three, new additions to the organization, and one return turn to the organization. Yeah, man, I mean, it was all good. I mean, um, the Jordan Howard trade was an absolute steal. You know, he had an off year last year, but the guy can, guy can play. And, you know, he needs, he needs a decent offensive line, which we already have. But, you know, he's a player. So right there, that's a... That's a legitimate number one running back that which we didn't have last year, and then um, Sean Jackson's an okay move. You know, we're paying him a decent amount of money. He's getting older, but he's, he's still got the speed if he can stay healthy. Um, but that's the big thing is he needs to stay healthy. Um, well, and then, uh, yeah, Malik Jackson was a was a great move too. Well, obviously, if you. But, um, yeah, obviously, with, with with all that, you know, Deshaun Jackson. Obviously, I remember in the past you weren't really thrilled. You weren't really thrilled of if him rejoined the organization, but he still has the speed. He still has considered the speedy. You know, he still has the speed, and obviously that will help. That will help. You know, guys like you know Alshon Jeffrey, and and obviously in the slot position there. Um, you know. Um, Damn, I forgot his name already. Aguilar. Yeah, Aguilar. You know, he he'll he'll open the he'll open a lot of space up there, and that should help. That should help with with Carson Wentz getting the ball down the field because obviously you don't have a big play. You know, they've lacked since he left a big play receiver. And I know Jeffrey's been good, but he's not Deshaun Jackson. He can't just break. He can't just break corners and safeties down the field. He can he can get you in space, but he's not a guy that can just go down the field 40, 50 yards, and bam, you know? Yeah, exactly. I and mean, that's what they were lacking last year was a receiver that can stretch the field. Um, once uh, once Mike Wallace went down, that was all they really had for that. And, um, you know, two years ago, Torrey Smith maybe didn't put up huge numbers, but he, he has the speed that teams have to respect him at least, you know? Yeah. But like I said... But like I said, I mean, it's it's those three obviously, and 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 Malik Dax and Jackson is really a good is a good pickup for the Eagles. He's a seven sack a year guy. You know, he I think he could do very very well there. You know, in that situation. Yeah, I like Jernigan and everything. Uh, I would have been fine if they could have worked out a, a a deal to keep him. But um, yeah, Malik Jackson. Is really is is an upgrade over him, especially for uh, in terms of pass rush ability. So yeah, so that, that's a good move. Now defensive tackle, that's all they have right now is Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. So they really need to get some depth, another player in there because as you know, Schwartz rotates his linemen and third defensive tackle, third defensive end. That's basically a starting position. So. 
Yeah. But like I said, I mean, we all know that Nick Foles was going to was going to be on the move and shockingly, I got that right of where he was going to end up anyway in Jacksonville with Jack with the Jaguars and you know, hopefully that does that turns out to be successful. And obviously, he doesn't have to be a Pro Bowl quarterback all the time. He just needs to like be like an Alex Smith type down there while the defense does their thing, you know, because Blake Boyles obviously couldn't get it done at all. You know, he only had one decent year. But like I said, what do you think of, of him in Jacksonville? I mean, we'll see how it goes, man. They're going to have to um, they're gonna have to protect him. I mean, their line last year wasn't very good, and they didn't really do much to make it better so far. And their receivers... Um, I mean, they leave a lot to be desired, so definitely doesn't have the talent around him that he did here in Philly. Well, like I said, he's also in a tough and a very tough division. I think the AFC South is probably the toughest division in all of the NFL as of right now because the last two years, all four of those teams have made the postseason, and basically, yeah. and basically, you know. Defensively, you have it's mostly a defensive first division anyway. So, whoever defense really shows up and does the damage right away can be in control. But like I said, it's it's going to be really tough to think that they can that Jacksonville can make. They, they obviously will be better this year, but how much better are they? How, who did they leapfrog or anything else? Because everybody in that division has expectations to make the postseason in two thousand nineteen. So. It'll be very interesting to see how Jacksonville fits in that division moving forward. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, I don't. I think they're going to finish last. Maybe, maybe they could something somehow get ahead of uh, Tennessee, but Tennessee's got a good defense too. So, I mean, yeah, I see the Jaguars finishing last in that division this year, as of right now. Now, obviously, the biggest story and and probably the biggest trade that probably nobody really saw coming was obviously what the Cleveland Browns, who have for the first time ever, it seems like expectations. You know, I I know you probably aren't on. We you and I probably do a disagree of what you think the Browns will be like this coming season, but obviously Odell Beckham being traded out there to Cleveland in what could be a surprising trade of of the off season, your expectations obviously for for a team that went from that goes from a team that couldn't win a game two years ago to a potential team that could go far in the postseason or even further than what we think. What do you think of the Browns this year? Uh, I'm not I'm not as high on them as most people. Um, I'm not a fan of Odell Beckham in general, you know, he's a he's a he's a pain in the ass sort of distraction to the team. Um, from there, they went out. They got Kareem Hunt. He he can play, but they really didn't need him. They got Nick Nick Chubb is possibly even a better running back. But okay, so they got they got some good running backs there. But yeah, I just I don't, I don't think they're I don't think they're as good as everyone says. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year, man. And I think once they start 
losing a couple games, you're going to see Odell start blowing up because with all these other players there, you know, on the Giants, he's their own, he was their only receiver, and he was still crying when he didn't get 10-plus targets a game. You know, he's not going to get 10-plus out there with Jarvis Landry and a running game and, and everything. So, you know, he's, he's going to start crying, I think, and it's going to be a distraction. Well, obviously, when you think about that situation, I mean, you know, my expectations for the Browns are actually higher. Obviously, we we, we both would disagree there. But I do think that they can win this division because Pittsburgh has go, has gotten worse. Baltimore is one-dimensional on offense, and they lost Terrell Suggs, and they don't have a leader on defense. They lost C.J. Mosley as well. And then, you know, you know the Bengals are terrible. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. So, obviously, the Browns do have expectations. Are they are they contenders in the AFC? I say, I, I kind of agree with you, no, not yet. And obviously, he and Jarvis Landry, obviously, are homeboys. They grew up together. They went to LSU together. I mean, they have a lot of respect for each other. Baker Mayfield's obviously not a bus quarterback. You know, they he, he he's a guy that's a, a baller. They have a pretty decent defense. I mean, obviously there are expectations, but like I said, one of the one of the weaknesses is the head coach in Freddie Kitchens because obviously I think Greg Williams did a, a very good job in holding holding the Browns down pat last season. But obviously they don't have have everything in the plans and they decide to, to promote somebody with lesser core, uh, less coaching experience than Chip Kelly came coming into this league, or the guy in Arizona in Clip Clip Kingsbury. So, like I said, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they perform as the you know. But there is expectations that they have hadn't had since the reincarnation of this of this franchise twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just. On, on the basis of the division is possibly the worst division in the league. I mean, they got a shot at making the playoffs, but only one team's coming out of that division, and I'm not so sure that they're going to be they're going to win it. I still think the Steelers probably are going to win that division, even without Antonio Brown. I think they're going to. I think uh, Juju Smith Schuster is going to take another step forward, and they'll get some players in the draft. Yeah. Now, obviously, the biggest name in the offseason that we all know didn't play in 2018 was Le'Veon Bell. And the New York Jets obviously spent a lot, a lot of money in the offseason. They had a lot of money to spend, and they spent it to get Le'Veon Bell to New York. And Jamison Crowder as well, which I I really don't like, but, you know, he's a decent receiver. He, he, He can put up some decent numbers. But obviously, you see what they've done, and you also saw what the Buffalo Bills did. Obviously, they're setting up for a potential Brady and Belichick collapse, or at least the weakness of Brady and Belichick in, in this Patriots is it may the decline may begin slowly this year. I mean, the, the Jets obviously has struggled the last several years, but this but they entered twenty nineteen. With expectations of at least potentially being at least a wild card team, so what do you think of the Jets' chances this year? 
Yo, you there? Oh, Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Now nah, I see you. I accidentally hit mute on my phone. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they spent a lot of money, but, again, they overspent on, and I don't think it's, it was, they, I don't think they wisely spent their money. Um, Jameson Crowder's just an okay player. Um, Le'Veon Bell, he didn't play at all last year. He got paid, um, you know, he's good on the Steelers, but really, um, James Conner, he, he came out and played almost as well as Bell for the most part, most of the year. I mean, I think that system that they have there and that team has a lot, had a lot to do with Bell's success. I think he'll still be a good back, but he's definitely not going to be worth what they paid him. So I think the Jets are... And, and again, as I've said many times, I don't like uh, Sam Darnold at quarterback. So I don't think the Jets are primed to even be a playoff contender, let alone contend with the Patriots. Um, the Bills, I, 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 overall, I liked what they did. Um, they, they have a ton of cap space still, so they're going to, I guess, carry that over to next year and Maybe make a big splash next year, but they're they're they got a bunch of draft picks yet. Um, they brought in some nice receivers, which Josh Allen needed. Um, they brought in a couple interior offensive linemen. I'm going to expect them to draft at least one offensive lineman in the draft this week. They have a really good defense. Um, so I mean, they have some they have a base there to work with and a ton of cap space and draft picks. So they got something to work with, but they're not going to be ready yet this year. I think they'll, um, with their defense being very good and hope, and if Josh Allen can really take a step forward and move into that top 15 type quarterback range, they'll, they'll at least contend for playoff spot. They might not quite make it, but they'll be in the hunt. So you obviously have the Bills better off than the Jets this coming season. Yeah, yeah, they're better than the Jets, and the Dolphins are, are garbage. Yeah, the Dol- the Dolphins are what I've heard during. I mean, you got Ryan Fitzpat, you got Fitzpatrick, you know, but obviously, you know, you have a new head coach. You're going to re you're re you're re you're retooling the defense. You're going to repair the offense. So you're thinking about maybe a two to three year rebuild down there. You know, you hope to be be bat, better in like two years when Brady and Belichick's run probably comes to an end. But you have to think that the Brady and Belichick era is going to end soon. You know, Gronkowski's retired. Half of the roster is going to be replaced. You know, they, they, they let a lot of guys go. A lot of them went to Detroit with Matt Patricia. So, uh, obviously, you know... I still expect New England to be at the top of the conference. I don't know if they're going to be the number one team again. I think they, they may not end up with the number one seed, just like last year. I think the Chiefs may be better off, but who knows? But who knows? But obviously, obviously, 2019, won't, it won't change the, the narrative in the AFC East, but it could all, hopefully it will send a message that the, that the future is now there, that the future is coming that Brady and Belichick's run will come to an end, 
and whoever the Jets and Bills will try to fight to see who's going to take them down or at least at least give them a, a threat. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, um, I, I agree in that I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're going to be the number one seed again this year. Um, I see a couple teams that could take that spot. Um, I, but I kind of disagree with the Chiefs being the number one seed. I don't think so. I think they're actually. They're, I think their defense is worse off this year than it was last year. Um, you know, last last year they were horrible. This year they got rid of their two best pass rushers. Um, not that he played last year, but they they got they got rid of Eric Berry and replaced him with Tyron Matthew, who's you know, he's more of a name than he is a top-notch safety, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, we got this Tyreek Hill situation looming over them, the team. If they lose Hill, if he gets suspended or if, it, if this information gets leaked out and they end up having to cut him for some reason, um, then then they're in bad shape. Yeah. You know, Mahomes... He, he, he's proved himself to be good. Obviously, he won MVP, but you know he has he had a ton of talent around him too. Don't don't. I mean, it's not like he's it's not like he was Tom Brady out there with a bunch of stiffs at wide receiver and nothing. I mean, he had Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, um, Kareem Hunt for half the year. A, a top-notch offensive line, a system that makes the quarterbacks look better than they are. I mean, he had everything working for him last year. And I think that offense is going to take a little bit, of, take a step back this year. Especially, I mean, if they lose Tyree Kill, they're in some trouble because that guy made a lot of big plays at safe games for them. Yeah, they have to also look at the, at the, at the L.A. Chargers in their rearview mirror. You know, what they obviously – you know they were coming. They came on strong late last year. They beat them late in the year, and obviously it didn't make a difference in the division. But obviously, you know there's expectations with them as well. Obviously, Philip Rivers getting you know getting later in his career. So yeah, I mean things could you know that you know like I said, you know the AFC is still kind of a up up you know there's still there's still a conference that still it's Brady and Belichick and everybody else but like I said somebody you know everybody's going to take their best shots this year and we'll see what happens there. Yeah I'm not saying the Chiefs aren't going to be good. I think both them and the Chargers will compete for the division. I think whoever doesn't win it will probably make the playoff. You know I see uh I see two playoff teams in the AFC West, two playoff teams in the South and the Bills, like I said, I think they'll they'll be in the hunt, but they might end up just that on the outside looking in. But um, you know, I just don't. I, I think uh, uh, Mahomes is going to take a step back. I mean, the, the amount of touchdowns he threw last year and all that, I think that's going to that's going to drop, man. It's not sustainable for every season. And you know, that offense will be good. Defense is going to be horrible. Steve Spagnuolo is not a good defensive coordinator, despite what people, despite what you know, you, you, people think about him. If you look at the, you look at his uh, sort of statistics as a 
co-head coach or defensive coordinator, his defenses are consistently in the bottom third of the league. And some of those players on that defense, they don't really fit the scheme. You know, they were they were in there in a 3-4 defense. Now they're switching over to 4-3. Um, so we'll see. But I think that defense is going to be down at the bottom of the league again. Well, like I said, we enough with the AFC. <laughs> yeah. But there is one team, unfortunately. Well, I can we, we could both sit here and look and and think that there is one team that's going to be probably tougher to deal with than anybody else in the entire NFL this coming season. And they were in the Super Bowl. They ended up losing, but they had a great defensive showing in that in that Super Bowl, and they got better. They've gotten even better on defense since since February, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, you already have a, a star-studded lineup. You got better. You got Eric Weddle on the cheap, and Clay Matthews is now on this defense. You have a de- you have you are loaded on that side of the ball like I have n- I have not seen in years. Yeah. Do I you mean, really think that you think? Like I said, I mean, the Rams. Like I said, they 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 won the NFC obviously by controversy, but they look like even without the controversy, they could still win it on their own anyway. And obviously, go ahead. No, what were you saying? Well, I'm just saying that you know they have the talent to win it again this year, the conference again this year. But they're also in a tough division where the West is getting better. You know, you look at Seattle, they still have Russell Wilson. He got a big deal. And you look at the at the 49ers, they got a lot of young players, a lot of talented players, and, and it's up to Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy, something he has he has sadly struggled with in his career. He has yet to play more than ten games in his career and he's and he's paid like he's a, a former MVP of the league. He's paid like that. You know, so the West, so the NFC West, it's getting better. I still think it's still the Rams' division to lose, but it, it looks like it's getting better. I mean, Arizona's obviously not going to contend this year, but they probably could win a couple more games than they did last year. And and then you and then you look around the rest of the NFC. It's still, you know, there's still big players. I mean, Green Bay obviously is going to probably be better this year. Aaron Rodgers is healthier. I think the Bears are still the favorites in that division, but I think they're going to take a step back, you know, with Vic Fangio going to Denver. And, you know, the South, you know, it's kind of a question mark. I think Atlanta comes back 
is a threat again this year. I think New Orleans is still the favorites, but I think the Falcons will will leapfrog Carolina and be a contender this year. And then we already know about the NFC East, you know, which I unfortunately I don't want to want to drag you down the down the mud here. Even though the Eagles are have the talent to get back to the Super Bowl, I think that Dallas is still might be considered favorites because look what they did. They got. They got rid of Cole Beasley and they replaced him with Randall Cobb, which is an upgrade. They had no tight ends last year on that team that did anything. And then unretired Jason Witten is back for one more run. And even if he doesn't and even if he doesn't have what he what he what he once had, he still has the leadership and the and the and the and the presence to make the tight ends work better there. They actually have a leader there again. But the problem with them is they have a lame duck head coach who got, who has to at least get to the conference championship game to keep to keep his job. We know you and I both know when the Cowboys have expectations, they fall flat on their ass. And this year they have expectations. <laughs> so yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, looking around the league, yeah, I I I, I agree with the view on the on the Bears. They lost. Uh, they lost their Vic Fangio. Um, they lost some defensive players. They obviously traded Jordan Howard for nothing, basically. Um, and they don't have any draft picks until the third round in this draft. So they they really, you know, once you hit the third, fourth, fifth round, these aren't guys that you can rely on to come in and start. You know, these are guys that you're you, you're hoping can come in as backups and provide some depth their rookie year and eventually be starters, but that's uh, that's not going to do a whole lot for them this year, so they're they're a little bit worse off than they were last year. They're not that, that, um, and yeah, I also agree, I think the Falcons are going to be better. I think they're going to be tough. Um, I do dis- I disagree on the Cowboys. I think they are no better this year than they were last year, and I think the Eagles are better this year than they were last year um, in terms of talent-wise. Randall Cobb's an okay player, but he hasn't really done a whole lot over the last few years, and that's with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Now he's got Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I, that's a major downgrade there. I don't see him being that much that much of a threat. And Jason Witten, this guy's this guy's a fossil at this point, man. I mean he might be able to block and maybe get open underneath, but he's not he's not any type of threat either at tight end. So I just don't see them being any better this year than they were last year. And I think as long as Wentz stays healthy, I think the Eagles are as good as any team in the NFC including the Rams, including the Saints. So, and the Eagles also, don't forget, they have some draft picks here. Yeah, that's what we're going to get to. You know, we, we spent half of the time talking about the about what's been going on in the league, but now we get to the draft. And, you know, I know you have your mock, your annual mock draft, and this is the first time that our anchor viewers are going to listen to what you're going to say about what the Eagles will do, but let's look around at this draft. At least let's look at the quarterback position. 
the Kyler Murray situation is obviously interesting because Arizona's kind of hog-tied of what they want to do. I mean, I think they want Kyler Murray, but they can't keep him and Josh Rosen on this roster. They're going to have to trade him to get once they get Kyler Murray in the. I don't think they're going to be able to keep both of them because you drafted Josh Rosen for a reason, and it, it would be a dead giveaway to just keep him there and draft Kyler Murray. So, I've obviously, and there are also there's rumors about the Oakland Raiders being also interested in in Murray as well at number four. So what? And then, and then the New York Giants, who I don't, we don't even have to talk about what their situation is. They're they're not going to be a very good team this year, no matter what. But the fact is, they're still t- tied to to Eli Manning for another year or two. And Dwayne Haskins, like I said, Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback in this draft. He is the best quarterback in this draft. And if the giant, and if the Giants have the pick. At six, and he's still there, and they pass him. Don't expect the Giants to be contenders for many more years. Don't expect them to be contenders for many more years because that would be one of the biggest mistakes they have made in about the last thirty years. If they if they don't if Dwayne Haskins falls to them and he they pass on him, yeah, because because how many more years is Eli going to play? You know how many more years he can't? He's not a contender anymore. He's past his prime. You know they're gonna wait. They wasted. Oh, they basically give you the indication when they traded Odell away that they wasted his time, and they're gonna do the same thing to Saquon Barkley. They're gonna waste his time there. He could. He's gonna have this great. He could have this great career, but he will have no chances at accolades as far as winning a championship. So. What do you think of those two quarterbacks, at least? What do you think about those two? Well, um, I'll put it this way, man. Um, uh, we were, when we earlier we were talking, we mentioned that the NFL Network is playing past drafts, and when I, I turned it on for a few minutes, and they had 2011 on. You know, um, back in, the, in that 2011 draft, there were four quarterbacks in the top 15 that went. It was Cam Newton. Um, um, Jake Walker, Blaine Gabbert, and Christian Ponder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of them Hall. Exactly. Well, bes- besides Newton, those three were going to be sure Hall of Famers. <laughs> exactly. I see this group of four. There's four quarterbacks in this draft potentially going in the top fifteen, and I don't. I see them as being worse than that one, in my opinion. Um, I see three busts, and you know. One, if one of them turns out to be a decent starter, they're not going to be as good as Cam Newton. So, I mean, I see this as being a worse quarterback draft class than 2011. I don't think any of these guys are worth a top 10 pick, in my opinion. Um, I don't think any of them are going to be a, a true franchise quarterback. I think maybe one of them will turn out to be a decent starter. But I, I just don't I, – I, if it were me – I had said it back before the pre or back before the offseason started. I would have just signed a guy like Nick Foles and gone in the next year, seeing maybe maybe you get a better quarterback draft. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't waste the top pick on any of these guys, in my opinion. Well, looking back on the 2011 draft, I mean Cam Newton obviously had has had a decent career. He's a former league MVP. Got to play in the Super Bowl. 
Obviously, Drew Locke had had some talent, but couldn't stay healthy. That's that's normal. That's normal protocol for being a bust. Kristen Ponder obviously was a bust, terrible, and and he had and he missed out on on a girl that used to live here in Philly. You know, he was dating a girl that used to live here in Philly. That very attractive. I don't know if if you know who she is. She used to work on Fox Twenty Nine here in Philly, but she dumped it. Yeah, she she dumped she dumped him, and now she dates uh Eric Hosmer Hausmer in baseball. You know he date she dates him, and she currently lives in New England doing doing Boston sports. But she she's a Philly she's a Philly she lived in Philly. Her family is from Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. But for some reason she 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 was once dated Kristen Ponder, and then you know her. No, all he's famous for is her, is her even more, less talented wife, who who now does NFL Countdown in the mornings. Is uh, least yeah. she's even least talented than him. <laughs> and then Blaine Gabbard, obviously, he was a bust as a starter, but he's he's an okay backup. You know, he 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 he'll be around for several years as an as a backup, but he's he was never meant to be a starter. So. Yeah, the 2011 draft outside Cam Newton, the quarterbacks were, you know, if not if not hot garbage, just plain average ham sandwiches. Yeah, exactly, and that's how I see this draft class. Except, you know, I don't see a Cam in this draft class. I just see a, you know, well, you can take out Cam Newton and put in, I don't know, at best Dak Prescott. You know, that's that's basically what I could see out of this draft class is one Prescott-type quarterback, and even that might be a stretch, in my opinion. Well, the problem is, I look at, at Kyler Murray even worse off than in an RG3. I think he's he's hyped very much, but he has a, uh, has an even less, has a less ceiling than even RG3 had. You know, Dwayne Haskins, to me, is the best quarterback in this draft, and and that's saying much, you know. He could be decent. He could have a decent career, but who knows? But who who kind of knows? You know, depending on where he goes, if you know, because even if he does end up with the New York Giants, they may not use him well at all. But but they would. But if they want to send a message to the fan base, then you better draft his ass. Drew Locke is kind of an interesting one. I mean, he put up decent numbers in Missouri, but really the. Is he he is he a guy you want to trust for a Pro Bowl? Will he even make a Pro Bowl if he even gets a chance to start wherever the hell he gets drafted? You know. Yeah, he's got a big arm, but I just don't see him being a a Pro Bowl NFL quarterback. Yeah, takes more than an arm strength to 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 be successful at quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, gimmick gimmick offenses like the spread, that obviously doesn't work in this league. So, you know, you actually have to have talent. You have to be able to read the field. You have to have accuracy, leadership. I mean, there's more than just an arm strength factor. So I, I just don't see him being anything special. Well, before – okay, one more thing before we get to your mock, your mock Eagles draft. Obviously, I think Nick Bose is the best player in this draft. I think, but we'll see. But we'll see. You know, I think Josh Allen's pretty decent as well. 
you know, the linebacker, not the court, well, obviously, you know, linebacker. So, to me, I think if Nick Bosa, you know, he should go number one. He's not going to go number one, I don't think, unless Arizona has an idea has an idea of what they're going to do. But, to me, he should be the number one overall pick, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, like his brother, he might be even better than his brother. So, you know, so we'll see what happens there. But, all right. Yeah. All right, we have some time left here. You know, let me let me see here. You do obviously it's a treat every year. You you know, and for the first time here on this anchor, you know, everybody gets the, you know people who gets the viewers who gets to listen to it will hear your Eagles mock draft. Go ahead. Hey right, man, well, real quick, um, here's what I, um, I usually tell you. Um, my my thoughts on the roster and where we where we need players, where we have some holes, and um, and yeah, I mean, last few years since Howie took back over, I've been hitting a lot of these picks right on the head. You know, if you remember a couple years ago, I picked um, I picked name for name Derek Barnett, um, Sidney Jones, Sewell Douglas, um, Donnell Pumphrey, who turned out to be a bust, but whatever. Um, um, Matt Collins, I picked in that draft. So they're, they're, I've been hitting them on the head lately. So, um, so real quick, the roster we're good at quarterback, running back. Uh, we got Howard, we got Clement. Nothing else. This is what Howard's last year on the team. Um, so we could use another running back that can take over for Howard. Preferably a sort of got a guy in the Westbrook Sproles type mode, and so a more of a, an electric back as opposed to a big bruiser. Um, receiver, we're okay, but we have a lot of injury problem type guys. Jeffrey gets injured a lot. Jackson gets injured a lot. Matt Collins gets injured a lot. And Aguilar is typically healthy, but this is the last year of his deal. I'm not, not expecting him back. So wide receiver is sort of a sneaky need if we can pull something off, but it's not an immediate need. Um, Tyler we're good. Offensive line, um, we're sort of set on the starters, but uh, Jason Peters is old and injury prone at this point, and um, and Brooks is coming off a major injury. I'm not even expecting him back for the first half of the year. So um, the team and, and me personally, because this is another guy that I picked that last year that I really liked, Matt Pryor. I think he can fill in for Brooks and be fine, but we definitely need some more depth on the offensive line. Um, and Vitae is capable of filling in for Peters, as he's shown. And I like Jordan Milata. He showed a lot of um, progress over the course of the preseason. Um, so, And he's got a ton of talent. So he could be a potential replacement for Peters, but it, we should really look into having somebody that could – compete with him for starting job. Um, defensive line, like we said, we need depth at defensive tackle. Defensive end on paper is good, but those guys are getting old. Really the only young defensive ends we have are Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. Sweat we don't know much about yet. He didn't prove anything last year. Barnett has shown a lot of talent. Um, linebacker, we lost Hicks. Replaced him with L.J. Fort, who the team seems to like, but he's unproven. 
We could definitely use a linebacker that can compete with him for a starting job. Cornerback we're good. And safety, we have three safeties right now in Jenkins, who's getting old. Um, McLeod, who's coming off an injury and probably on his last year with the team. And Sundejo, who, who, um, who's on a one-year deal, but he provides great depth. Um, so we could use a safety that is capable of competing with Sendejo this year and being a starter next year. Okay, so going into the draft, we're picking 25. Here's, here's my draft, the way I would do it. Um, I'm not looking to stay at 25, but let's just say we did. I'm looking at a defensive tackle, either Christian Wilkins or my guy Dexter Lawrence. Um, who I was, I was sweating back before the combine. Um, but I'm not looking to stay there. I'm looking to trade down about 10 spots and pick up a high third-round pick. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to say we trade down 10 spots into the top of the second round, pick up a high third-rounder. And second round there, first pick, I'm going with Dalton Reisner, offensive lineman out of Kansas State. He's capable of playing basically all five positions on the offensive line. Um, he can step it right in and be a starting, the starting right guard for this team this year. And going forward, he could slide outside to tackle. He could eventually replace um, Brooks or even Kelsey at center. So, and he's he's a really good player. I think he would he would be a great fit on this team. Um, we have two. We have, in this scenario, we'd have two more second-round picks. This is where I'm going. I'm I'm going defensive line here. I'm, this is a historic sort of defensive line class, and we need to take advantage of that right now. Um, so, second round, first second round, second pick of the second round that we have. Um, I'm going Zach Allen, defensive end out of uh, Boston College. He's He's, uh, he's not the most athletically gifted, but he is tenacious, he's strong, he uses his hands good, he's, he's intelligent, he, sets, he, can, he gets after the quarterback and he sets the edge against the run, and yeah, he would be you know, him and Derek Barnett going forward down the line as our two starting ends is a nice combo there. And then the, the other third round pick, I'm going to throw at you. Or, sorry, the other second round pick I'm going to throw at you is Draymond Jones, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Um, he could, he's a bit smaller. He's only 281 pounds, so he will need to put on weight. But coming into this league, he's explosive off the snap. He can get after the quarterback, and he would be a perfect fit for as a rookie because he wouldn't have to come and start every down, but he can rotate in, especially on passing down. He'd be very effective. Um, and over the course of the next, this year and next year, he can put on some weight and become our everyday starter, a starter at DT next to Fletcher Cox. Um, in this scenario, now we actually have a third-round pick also. Um, I'm all, now I'm drafting... Uh, the safety that I said we need, Darnell Savage out of Maryland. He is another guy that's a little bit smaller, 5'11", 205. He's extremely fast. He runs under 4'4", 40. 
He's great in coverage. He can he can play safe. He's a safety. He hits hard, but he could, he could also sort of step up and cover in the slot as well, sort of in that uh, Malcolm Jenkins role down the line. But he could you could you know after this year he could play the McLeod role too. So I'm looking at that. Um, getting into at the end of the third round, I'm making another trade. I'm taking a one fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, and if need be, a fifth or sixth rounder next year. And I'm trading up back up in the third round for a running back. And it's going to be Darrell Henderson out of Memphis. This is another electric running back. He runs, he's super fast, super quick. And he will, um, again, I think he could step right in and potentially be like a Brian Westbrook type. Maybe not quite as good as Westbrook, but he's got he's got that potential. Um, and if you, if you look at his game tape and look at his uh, production and game tape, he's um, probably the most productive running back in the country, really. Um, that would be a steal if you get him in the third round. Yeah, well, look, uh, this is based upon uh, mock drafts that I've been looking at over the months. I mean, guys could go earlier than this or later. Yes. These guys are it's sort of where these guys are going in the mock drafts. So I'm trying to keep it realistic, too. Yes. Um, that, after that, that would just leave us with one fourth and a sixth round pick. Okay. Um, the fourth round pick, I'm going linebacker. Ben Burkhurvin out of Washington. He's a he's a guy that's um, quick, fast, athletic, highly intelligent. Uh, a bit on the smaller side, but in the fourth round, at the very least, he provides great depth, and he could compete with L.J. Fort for a starting linebacker position, a middle linebacker there. And lastly, sixth round. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I can throw out some names here for you, but I'm just looking to pretty much go best player available. Ideally, I'd like to get another offensive lineman in here. Um, kid from Arkansas, Freehold. He, uh, he can play both guard positions or center, and he, he can provide some, some more depth on the interior offensive line, basically. And that's pretty much it. The only other thing I would say, if I could pull it off, is I would look into trading Nelson Aguilar for a high third-round pick and using that pick to draft my boy, who I don't know if you remember back before the combine, I was another guy that I was really high on. He was supposed to go, at the time, he was going day three, Andy Isabella out of UMass. But... Like I told you, he would. He, he ran a four three one forty. He, he was super impressive in all the drills at the combine. Now he's looking like a third round pick. So if it were me, I'd look. I, I would try to trade Aguilar for a third rounder and bring in Isabella because, like I said, this is Aguilar's last year with the team, and you know we need we're, we need we need a another receiver going forward. Isabella's on the in the mold of a. Julian Edelman, and um, Julian Edelman or Danny Amendola type, except those guys run four five. This guy runs a legit four three. He's he's faster. But other than that, he runs crisp routes. He's super quick. 
just like just like those guys. So that's that's who I would like to see on this team as well. If we can somehow work a trade for um, Aguilar. Well, I'm sure the viewers, whoever listening, will when we put this out there, will respect what you have done because we you've done this with me over the last several years, but this is the first time a lot of people will listen to this. And hopeful and 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 I do I do have the the Lindy the Lindy draft book. So and I will obviously be looking at it very much over the next week. And I will be watching the draft, obviously, on Thursday and look into it for the rest of the weekend to see if your predictions are true. Basically, you're saying that for the second straight year, the Eagles are going to trade out of the first round for more for more picks and to build the team. And, and really, because the first round, and everybody knows, that person has to basically be the starter right away, basically. He he has to go out there and prove himself because he's going to get the most money and he's obviously got to go out there and produce right away. You know? Yeah, exactly. And really, when you look at the roster, like I said, there's really only two positions where the starting position isn't really set in stone at the moment, and that's right guard and middle linebacker. And... Um, and, and honestly, this draft, when you look at the strength of this draft, the defensive line is, like I said, it, it's, it's one of the best ever in terms of talent on the defensive line. Um, and then when you get to the, the second, third round, there's a ton of talent there. And really, I, I see a guy like Zach Allen who, who could drop to the end of the second round, and I don't see a whole lot of difference between him and a defensive end that's going to go number 32, you know? Yeah. That, it's, it's a very deep class in terms of that. And um, offensive line, I mean, I don't see a top-notch guy in the draft, you know? There's not the um, – there's not, there's not that can't-miss all-pro all top-five offensive linemen, but there's a lot of really good ones. And in the second, late first, second round, third round, and I'd much rather trade back and try to get a guy. But yeah, I, I do really like Dalton Reisner, and I, another guy that I do like in the second round is uh, Titus Howard. He's a he's a he's a bit more of a project, but he could be a really good left tackle. So that's another option too. Um, I could throw a ton of names at you, but. Um, not gonna keep you on the phone yeah. for fifteen more minutes. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, I'm sure everybody will obviously look at it and and on Sun and next Sunday when we review the draft, obviously we will we will be sure if you are right. I will obviously replay it for the next couple of days to see to to and then obviously we'll see how this draft goes. But you know how this draft is. You've watched the NFL draft for years. I have obviously. And you know how teams are, you know, you know, remember, you know, I'm going to end this right now, this podcast here, this one. All right. 